Welcome to another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin. It is late November, Thanksgiving week. High school football playoffs hitting the third round. Sponge, it, it feels like football weather. We've continued to say that. But it's win or go home time, and we don't have a lot of area teams left. No, they've dwindling down, dwindling down as we speak. As we you know spoke upon it two weeks ago when it started. Now we're down to a handful who get to strap it up for yep. practice on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was not a uh, not a good week. The second round of the playoffs for our area teams uh, in week two, really kind of the usually the, the third round to me is where the, the separator occurs. But uh, it occurred last week. These the new playoff system, the RPI, has really uh, shaken things up. You know, in the past we would get the district champ, district runner up uh, in the playoffs. We knew really the, those first two rounds for our area teams were the. Um, you know, you play a, a district as a district champ. You play a district runner-up from another team. The second round, you'd you'd probably play a team that you'd already seen before and beaten um, or lost to, and yeah, you'd have a, a rematch re- in that re- second re- round. A lot of rematches in that second um, round. And and under this new system, that's kind of been blown to bits, and mm-hmm. we've got a, quite a quite a different looking playoff picture. And uh, the second round, very unkind to area teams um, this year. And it really hasn't felt like a, a dominant season for area teams. It's really kind of been a down year uh, when you look at the big picture overall. What do you think? Yeah, we definitely talked about that. We, we felt like our area was a little down with numbers. With, the, with some of the, We knew the top teams would contend and make a little run. We were hoping for a couple others, you know, that might make a step and didn't. You know, just kind of a, like you say, a down year. This, the usual suspects are there. Yeah. So, you know, we're hoping – a couple teams made a run they didn't, and then, you know, one surprise team, maybe in Nice, uh, who goes on to the third round. But overall, yeah, I would say in the 904 area, our teams are definitely not uh, producing. Yeah, it's not season. it's not as big of a of a season. Of course, we still have um, several weeks left if our, if our teams take it to the championship games. But let's uh, dive into what we saw last week. And, yeah, as a, as a uh, kind of a precursor, we only have six teams left, five from Florida and one in our South Georgia cover region in Pierce County. So uh, a definitely uh, a, a downshift from that second round. Um, games involving local teams last week in Region 1-8A. Apopka actually just absolutely filleted Bartram Trail 34-3. In Region 1-7A, Nice, a big upset win over Niceville. That's two in a row for the Panthers. 24-19 over Niceville on the road. That's two road wins over higher-seeded teams for the Panthers and Colin Draft. So those guys... Continue to roll along. Region 16A, Pine Forest 32, Riverside 12. Season ends for the Generals. Region 15A, Baker County 13, West Florida 10. Great game for the Wildcats there. Uh, Wakulla 32, Range 27. So the all local rematch there in the third round doesn't materialize. Uh, two teams in Region 14A, South Walton beats Baldwin 42 to 28. Bowles beats Gadsden County 27 to 6. Region 2-4A, Keystone season ends with a 34-6 loss to Villages. And Region 1-2A, Trinity Christian 44, St. John Paul II 7. And Quincy Monroe 36, UC 23, big upset there. Down to Region 3-1A, Union County 52, Hilliard 24. Region 4-1A, Pahokee 38, Bradford 20. So Sponge, as we sort through the damage from last week, what were your big takeaways? That was a little brutal as we were listening to that go down. I mean... Obviously, uh, you know, we talked about wanting to see that Trinity-UC game in 2A. That didn't materialize. Disappointing. Yeah, it was, de- it was definitely disappointing. Di- when I saw, you know, the number, you know, it was it was tight early. You know, you're looking, and then the next thing you know, Monroe kind of just took control of that game, and UC just ne- never could get back in it. 
and they caught the L on the road. So it was just like, man. Yeah, you know, I know. We've we, we, we been hyping that up. So I, think I know. We, we, we've been we, talking we about it all year. It. We overhyped it. But, you know, Trinity had no problem at all with their game. So, you know, it was, you're looking forward to that matchup with UC and uh, TC. But didn't happen. I think, obviously, we said, like we said before, the biggest upset, biggest win, definitely Nice going on the road at Niceville. That's a great win for those guys. You know, um, a lot of people probably didn't pick them to win. A lot of people hadn't picked them to get this far. So, yeah. You know, great job for them getting those two wins and, you know, practicing on Thanksgiving and just keeping the train rolling. And it's been fun watching those guys for sure. Obviously, Apopka, you know, just nailed Bartram. Very surprising and, to me yeah, that it was that lopsided. Yeah, you know, Apopka's another one of those uh, program teams. You know, they always put together, you know, just a great offense, defense. Obviously, the coach has ch- the coaching staff has changed down there, but they still put out players. They're a machine down there, so they're always really good. I think I think one of the most disappointing games was uh, was uh, Riverside. You know, yeah. I, I thought I thought they'd go take that win. I know they had a little bit of travel issues getting down there, and then they just I guess they just didn't play well. You know, just going out on that long bus ride can you know it'll wear on you, and you just get into a game, and all of a sudden you're not playing like you normally play, and you get behind in those playoff games on the road, mm-hmm. and then just things start going bad, and then I think it just really went from bad to worse. It seemed like they were never really in that one. Yeah, and very surprising for Riverside because they've been a pretty outside of the flub against Columbia in the regular season. They've been pretty, a pretty consistent team, probably the most consistent team in our area this year. So well, to see them go ex- out and ex- exactly, and we talked about you know them defensively, they can lean on that defense mm-hmm. to basically keep you in every game. And for a team like Pine Forest to basically score thirty-two on you, that lets you know that they kind of had their way on offense, and then you yourself only produced two scores, so. You know, that basically is a recipe for disaster on a road game like that, for sure. Yeah, disappointing in for uh, for some of those gateway schools. Um, Reigns, 32-27 loss to Wakulla. That eliminated a all-local regional final against Baker County. I was at that Reigns game and just got away from them early. And, and I picked uh, Reigns to win this game handily, and that did not materialize. And turnovers absolutely decimated range in this game. I think there were three in the first half when I was there and uh, just an unranged like effort um, to, to be in that situation. They did take a 21-14 lead uh, right as I um, was leaving that game, but just not able to overcome those turnovers and just that inconsistency on offense in Riverside. Um, the other gateway team that struggled and, and lost there. I was disappointed to see Riverside lose that game because I thought they were um, among the upper classification teams, probably had the best success of, uh, of going maybe to a state semifinal. That did not happen. Baldwin as well, a gateway team. So gateway teams are out of the postseason. Didn't expect Baldwin to, to win that game against yeah, South that, Walton. That would be, be a tough one on the road for them. I mean, they played with them for a little bit early, and then it kind of just got out of hand for them too. I think Baker County, looking at who they've got next – with Wakulla, I feel like they can get that win and maybe move on to the next round. But um was definitely looking forward to a Baker yeah. Reigns matchup just because that would have been a fun game to see. Yeah, and now, d- disappointing. I love the all-local matchups in the state playoffs, wherever they occur. But once they get into that second and third round, it feels just such – it's so different. It's a local team. You've probably seen them. You know the names. Our audience knows the names on both sides. So it's really disappointing that we don't have any of those – all local matchups in the third round. We had uh, one of those last week in Union County um, against Hilliard. And Union County just pulled away in that game. Just too much offense from the Tigers. And I was a little unfair on the Tigers. You know, they, they hadn't played that tough of a schedule. 
Um, I talked to John Pate, the Hilliard coach, before that game last week, and you know, he just put Union County on a pedestal, said they were one of the best teams he scouted. They were big everywhere. They were fast. And you know, I, I thought Union County scheduled really light this year. You could see that reflect in their RPI. You went 10-0. Um, in the regular season, and you get a number three seed in the region. So um, the, the RPI didn't favor them, but, man, they have they have uh, looked very good yeah, in that 1A I, region. Here, and go ahead and blitz Chiefland much like you did everyone else, and then, you know, you're in the Final Four and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe win a state championship. Yep. I think I think Union County, you know, they get a little, like you say, undervalued just because, you know, where they are and just the, the classification they're in sometimes. But Union County, you know, you go back, back in the day, they're always mm-hmm. a really good team. You know, but they definitely don't have the depth and the numbers like some of these other schools. But those guys always bang, man. Yeah, it's you know a different era out uh, out yeah. at Union County. I mean, you you remember when uh, Coach Pruitt was there and mm-hmm. their state record winning streak and uh, Trinity Christian actually yeah. ended that winning yeah, that streak was, like fifty two games, I yeah, believe. It was like two thousand, I think, or ninety nine. Uh, I think it was mid uh, mid to late nineties. I think yeah. it was ninety ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, you're right. I think you are right. And um, Trinity Christian ended that. Uh, into that uh, record winning streak of the Tigers. And, you know, they've had good seasons since then out there in Lake Butler, but the 1A has been just dominated by the, the Madison counties of the world and the Hawthorns and, and those guys. And, so those, Union and, County, all, and those guys are still in it, too. Yeah, so. and they're, they're still in it as well. I mean, the Bluntstowns, the Hawthorns, and uh, Chiefland got a scare last week against Lafayette and won in uh, overtime. So Union County will go to Chiefland, the number one seed in that region. This week, so okay, that was last week's uh, uh, sorting through the carnage, and let's jump ahead to week three of the playoffs. This is regional finals in Florida, state quarterfinals in Georgia, and um, we got five area matchups in Florida this week. Let's start in Region One Seven A Nice. The dream season continues for them, uh, going to visit Gainesville Buholtz, and that is a tough, tough battle there in Region One Seven A. Region One Five A Wakulla coming to Baker County. One Four A Bowles going to South Walton. Region 1-2-A, Quincy Monroe at Trinity Christian. And 3-1-A, Region 1-3-1-A, uh, uh, Union County, undefeated Union County, going to number one Chiefland. Um, so five Florida matchups for our regional finals there. Which one kind of jumps out at you? And uh, let's kind of sort through all three, all, uh, all five of these games. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll start off with the first one. You know, the dream season, like you said, continues for the Nice Panthers. You know, going on the road down to Gainesville, Citizens Field, having to take on those Buholtz. Pesky Buholtz Bobcats, man. They, they, uh, they've been a wrecker the last couple years, and they've had a pretty good schedule, ten and one on the year. You know, beat two of our teams that we've had always in the top ten. You know, in Bowles and uh, Bartram. So they've got two really good wins. They've got a good quarterback in Creed Whittemore, who's kind of a Mister Dual Threat. He can run it. He can throw it. Quan Lee is like just super dynamic, a uh, receiver, returner, corner. He's a do it all guy. So that's. Those are the guys you're gonna have to circle on, you know, on Nice's defense to say, hey, we gotta know where these two guys are at all times to try to limit them from scoring, and then hopefully uh, Stokes and Dom Henry that connection can continue to flourish and uh, score some points to, you know, keep it a, keep it a ball game. I think it's gonna be definitely a tough out, but you know, I'm hoping for the for the upset. Keep it keep it going. Keep the upset yeah, going. Yeah, it's it's been remarkable to watch this Nice program um, these last three years because I mean, you look at 2019 and 2020. Uh, first two years for Colin Drafts there at Nice, one win in each of those seasons. Yeah. One win in, in each of those seasons. And now you're on the road, you're road warriors. You've won two in a row over higher-seeded teams, one of those in the panhandle, um, and just a remarkable effort from Nice. And there's a lot of seniors on this team, as you would expect, but it did not start out that way. And, you know, talking to Coach Drafts last week at practice, 
He said, you know, we had guys quit. We had people, uh, you know, students in our school that didn't believe in us. And we had people making fun of us. And, um, you know, it just is is all part of our story to get here. And that's remarkable to, to hear a coach say that. And um, in this day and age, you, you want that instant success and a turnaround that happens overnight. And, um, you know, reality says that's not going to happen. I mean, you're not going to have uh, a Bobby Ramsey at Mandarin uh, win a state championship in his second year. I mean, that just does not – it's not happened. I mean, Duran Wiley, it took him years and years to build a program at range that could get to a state championship game, and it took him years after that to where he could put a team together that would win a state championship game. So it doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, credit to the, the Nice administration for keeping uh, a guy like Colin Drafts employed and, and – giving him the ability and, uh, you know, long enough leash to, you know, to fail like he did early on in his uh, his career at Nice. One win in his first two seasons, and now you're seeing um, the rewards of that coming uh, come to fruition. And, uh, you know, I think we, in this day and age, give a lot of uh, the quick hook to a lot of coaches definitely, and programs. I, definitely glad that they stuck with it and gave him a chance to build it up, you know, make them – a contender again, make them win some games and, and make it fun to be out there, make make the students, you know, happy to, you know, have school pride and, hey, we're winning games, we're going on these road trips, you know, we're we're way better than winning one game a year. So I'm glad that, you know, I, I think Coach Drafts has done a heck of a job out there with his staff and those guys. But really and truly, the other thing, what it really boils down to, like we say in all facets of football, what do you got to have on your team? A quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, so – if they've got a quarterback in Stokes who can get it done, you know, running the ball and obviously slinging it around. You know, we talk about just in all levels, you know, Trevor Lawrence, the Jags, you know, Emory Jones and AR down in Gainesville. If you don't have a quarterback, you're you're not likely going to be successful. So I think that's number one. There's been the big building block to have that with their installation of the program. And it's basically ascended them, you know, on the, uh, the rocket ship up. So like, They've done a heck of a job, and you know, hopefully, they can just continue to uh, put it together and, and get a win. You need eventually. I think you need more than the quarterback, as Trevor totally. Lawrence is finding it, out. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. to have that as a building yeah, block, he's got, guy, a Dom, he's got a Dom Henry. So that, right. Trevor needs a Dom Henry yeah. on his team. So, so you know, in you know, we talked about Marcus Stokes quite a bit here on uh, the Varsity Podcast this season. He has been central to what Nice has done. But you look at a guy like Dom Hendry. I mean, we don't have thousand yard receivers yeah, in the regular he's season. He's actually leading the state. The yeah, fifteen hundred yeah. yards receiving, yeah. which is just remarkable. It's awesome. Um, and we don't have. And I looked at this years ago on how many one thousand yard receiving we've had in the regular season, and it has not happened too often. Now I know things have gone spread and uh, more pass centric in the last five years, but you know you don't have those thousand yard receivers that often in the regular season, and um, Dom did that. So that uh, credit to him for doing that, and Marcus Stokes, a quarterback. I mean, he you know, we, we rave about Marcus being able to throw the ball well, but it was his legs last week against Niceville yeah. that sealed that win. Yeah, they, so having, an, they, having a quarterback yeah, who can do things. They basically went empty. Uh, Niceville tried to bring a blitz, hit him in the crease, right up the gut, touchdown, yeah. easy house call, man. So that was, uh, you know, the uh, we talk about Dom and Marcus, but, I mean, Marcus – helped last week close that game out with his feet. So having a quarterback who took his lumps in the early process of uh, that time with Nice and uh, really delivering. And Marcus is only a junior, uh, so good season for him to build on for that. And it's the first time since 2007 
that the Nice football team has been three rounds deep in the playoffs, and you got to go back then um, to find that was a third season where they reached uh, a state championship game in a row. Never been done in St. John's County before or since when you have three state championship game appearances in a row. And that was the last time that has been accomplished by Nice to get this far in the playoffs. That was under Craig Howard, Ted Stachitis, those guys. Uh, remarkable time. And you talk to Colin Drafts, and he uh, he read about that history. He knows about that history. And uh, so when he took the job at Nice, he knew that history, what Craig Howard did, turning it around. Oh, by the way, they had Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were able to turn that program around. It had been done before, and he saw the opportunity to do that again. And uh, credit to them for sticking with them, uh, that staff, and uh, seeing these players grow. And it's beyond more than just a Dom Henry and Marcus Stokes. I mean, Ben, uh, ben Bogle may be the best defensive player in the area with uh, with respect to Jack Pyburn and uh, a couple of those guys at Baker County and uh, C.J. Dorsey. So there are a lot of good defenders in the area. And yeah. Ben Bogle, that uh, very active linebacker at Nice, uh, certainly in the conversation as one of the best of them. No doubt. That defense has definitely stepped up, obviously, the last two weeks because – to get to get going, we talk about offenses, but your defense has got to make some key stops and some and some big plays for you on that end of the field. You know, holding Spruce Creek to that field goal, and then you know, it was a longer kick than it needed to be, they miss. You know, then obviously getting stops on the road at Niceville is a big deal. So defensively, they've stepped up. Offensively, they've done it all. But can you do it this week? Is the big question. Yeah, and that's Man, the big B- question. Buholtz is, Buholtz is really really good. So, you know, I'm I'm rooting for him and. Hopefully, like I say, we can pull the upset and they can uh, continue that dream season. Even even on average Buholtz years, and when I say average, I'm talking <laughs> six and four years yeah. for, for them, they have always played our teams tough. Totally. And they were in a district with Bartram, and they've been in there with Oak Leaf yeah. and, and stuff. And um, I have seen Buholtz play our area teams so well, so tough. And that's a credit to uh, Coach Whittemore down there who's been there for quite some time and has a system in place at a public school. And you're seeing those guys year in and year out um, be able to stand a toe-to-toe with the heavyweights of the state. Um, I do think Buholtz is going to win this game. Um, I think they're probably a heavy favorite in this game. And I, I don't say that with uh, disrespect to Nice. I just think Buholtz is, has been on another level this year. And this is, um, I think this is, if not their year to play for a state championship, they're going to they're gonna certainly do their best to get there. I think uh, 7A, as we talked earlier, just loaded, absolutely a, a brutal classification. Um, to get there. I mean, you're looking at the other teams uh, in the 7A regional finals, Lake Gibson, Gibson, Melbourne, St. Thomas Aquinas, Homestead, Tampa Bay Tech, and Wharton. Um, Aquinas, obviously the name that stands out uh, among there. Um, But uh, Buholtz, I think, is is primed and prepared to play uh, with those guys this year. So um, good luck on Friday night to Nice. Um, Wakulla, Baker County, Region 1-5A. Um, Wakulla made this trip up here last week, took advantage of some turnovers. Baker County, a, a scare last week against West Florida. Yeah, I think West Florida, is, you know, we, they're one of those scrappy teams that you can't mess around with. They're, you know, they, they got a good defense. They kept it low scoring. Baker got out of there with a win. That's really the name of the game when it gets this far. I like Baker in this game just because I think they're a scrappy bunch too. They're playing at home. It'll be a good atmosphere, you know, Black Friday night on uh, in, in McClenny. So I think Baker gets it done against Wakulla. I think Wakulla – they they've had a great season. They started off with that freaky game where they had to you know change out real quick to play Ed White Week One, and they've kind of ran the table. They had a one blip of a loss to Florida High like in the middle of the season in a tight game. So Wakulla's really played pretty well, but I like Baker in this one. Yeah, it's I it's, I think it's going to be defense oriented. You can't turn, like, but here's the thing: you can't give Wakulla anything like Reigns did last week. You can't turn the ball over. So play defense, don't turn the ball over, run the ball, do your run your offense, do what you do and I think Baker County 
can do those things, and I think they somehow get out of there with a win. Yeah, Reigns just did not look did not. Look yeah, good last Reigns week. Reigns has just kind of been they've been a weird. It's been a weird season for them in in a sense. You know, they've had a lot of injuries here. The quarterback was out. The running back was out. You got Burt, you know, their superstar playing running back and receiver. You know, they just kind of never got in the flow of things, I feel like. They just didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't look, like, functional, you know. And I think, you know, obviously they're good enough to overcome a lot of things just because they had a lot of star power. And they I think they won a lot of games that way. But when it comes down to this, you can't turn the ball over in the playoffs. You got to be able to run it. You got to be able to play D. And when you give the team a pick six and, and short fields – that's a recipe for an L. Yeah, so. and I mean, you, you've muffed a punt that in the first quarter that yeah. you know you had a good defensive hold and stopped them on a on a third down play. This was on Wakula's first drive of the game, and Wakula punts it, flips the field, range muffs the punt, Wakula fumbles, and two plays later they're in the end zone. So plays like that yeah, will get you, you beat in the you playoffs. Can't ha- you can't have that. And yeah, I don't think Baker County has the offense. I mean, they're they're heavy run based, and they've run the ball very well this year. But they are a defensive team, and yeah. I think they tried to drag Wakulla into a game like they did against West Florida last week, uh, turned it into like a 17-14 game. So hopefully Baker County can get there, uh, get out of there with the win. They came close last year in the playoffs. I know they still have a little bit of heartbreak from uh, how the season ended last year. Uh, talking to them earlier in the season, Coach Kevin Mays said that was a loss that stuck with them uh, all off season. So uh, good luck. Baker County on Friday night against Wakulla. Making the middle of the bracket on Friday night, Bowles visiting South Walton in Region 1-4A. Um, how do you see this game shaking I, out? I think Bowles handles this one. You know, they've – obviously they you know, their seating wasn't great where they would love to be at home. they got to make a little bus ride, which is not always fun. But, hey, I think Bowles is obviously the better team defensively. We talked about them. Great defense all year. We know what Cade Frew is going to do. They're getting a little better in the passing game as well. They had a big uh, special teams play in the kickoff last week from Kayvon. I like Bowles in this one with no problem. And, you know, I think that the good thing is, like you were talking before, about these uh, matchups now, how it gets kind of crazy. I didn't realize the RPI ranked, you know, the top four teams after they get to the Final Four. So you're thinking it's always going to be Bowles-Coco, but it could be Bowles-Gulliver Prep, could be Bowles-Cardinal yeah. you know, Gibbons. You know, you don't know who they're going to get in that next round. So – I think they move on, so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out and who they got to play next week. Yeah, I think um, you know Bowles played South Walton uh, in Matt Toblin's first year, and um, South Walton came here and Bowles beat them sixty-two to six. So um, I don't <laughs> think this is going to be. I know South Walton's better RPI; they're ten and one. Uh, Bowles seven and two. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when you look at who the teams have played, and um, I've just I've seen this happen time and again where. Uh, you know, Bowles plays a Villages or somebody like yeah. that in the playoffs, and it's just not even close. No. So um, I think this one, even though South Walton's averaging 42 points a game, and, um, you know, I, I just think Bowles, for their defense, for what they do, I think Bowles has given up 74 points this year on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I just don't think this one is close. I think yeah. Bowles rolls in this game, even though it's a long road trip, even yeah, though it's – that doesn't matter. Um, you know, not a – it'd be great if the game was in town, but – um, you know, Matt Toblin said this week when I talked to him, we scheduled, you know, a, a road trip to Atlanta during the season against Marist um, to give us an opportunity to see what a long road trip like this uh, upcoming on Friday night was going to feel like. And then obviously the Marist game was canceled, so they didn't get to make those long uh, that long road trip that they anticipated. So this will be the longest road trip of the season for Bulls. And, you know, to build on what Sponge was talking about with the RPI in the past, we would know it was predetermined 
the you know the the number one region play the number two region three played four in the state semifinals but how it's done now with the RPI is the teams are reseeded according to their season ending RPI for the state semifinals so at this point we don't know who bowls would uh, would play next week so it um, you know it's it shifted between uh, they could play the Lakewood or Clewiston winner the Gulliver Prep or Cardinal Gibbons winner the Coco or the Villages winner um, next week that will be determined after Friday's games uh, based on that season ending RPI so a little bit up in the air uh, a lot of possibilities for uh, for regional finalists for that state semifinal round, so that one would be cool to watch. Should be interesting to see, like a we see a Bowles Cardinal Gibbons right. state uh, championship yeah, matchup. Yeah, because we were thinking Bowles Coco, because that's how it usually always yeah. is. It's always Bowles Coco, and then if they can survive that, they got to go play the South Florida team. Yeah, that so, Gulliver Prep Cardinal Gibbons game that, to me is the one that holds that, the intrigue. That definitely is, I think, the best game of the four that are going to be going on this weekend in that in that classification. Um, Gulliver Prep. Is got some loaded players. They're really good. But Cardinal Gibbons, we've seen them. They've won state uh, a couple they, years yeah, ago, and they, then they, won, they, they beat Bulls last they year. Beat, exactly. So they uh, they were they won five A a couple years ago when Trinity was going to that one, but didn't make it. So Cardinal Gibbons has turned into that little. They they used to always bang with the American Heritage Plantation mm-hmm. in their um, district, and it's kind of flipped now. Where Gibbons has kind of taken over yep. a little bit and kind of extended themselves as a little bit more of a power. So that's going to be a heck of a game. I think Coco rolls, so I think I don't know about Lakewood. I think they win, so it, like I say, it's going to be a shakeup to find out who goes where. Yeah, so and it'll, I be, mean, it'll be fun. In that situation, we're going to get a let's just presume that it's Bowles, Lakewood, Gulliver, or uh, Gibbons, and Coco. Let's we'll presume that's the uh, that's the, the the finishing order here. So that would set Bowles going to Coco next week in the state semifinals. Uh, Gibbons hosting. Uh, Gibbons hosting Lakewood and the other regional or the other uh, state so semifinals. Kinda always, so it's kind of it's kind of how it always turns out. So I guess yeah. I guess that would be a little bit true to fashion. So, so. I th- I, if Clewiston pulls an upset over Lakewood, um, I still it's still not going to matter. So we're 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 looking to that Bowles Coco matchup. I, I, Coco walks the dog with uh, the villages. Yeah, and, and Coco, I, I told you about this earlier this year. I've, I've followed them a little bit because I know who their quarterback is and. They actually, this is not your traditional Coco run-heavy team. They've actually got balance. They've actually got a quarterback who can actually extend the field, who can throw it downfield. So they've they've added a new element to their playbook. Yeah, when you think of Coco, it's, you it's think heavy run, heavy, heavy run, run and defense. And they're gonna, exactly, you know they're going to play defense. So if they do have to match up with Coco, that's going to be a heck of a game. They're going to have to bring it because defense is going to have to be on their toes with you know the, the dual threat of – you know, Coco being able to throw it and run it. So yeah, I don't think there's any way Coco loses to the Villagers. No way. I think that's a 42 yeah, nothing game. For sure. Um, uh, shifting into Region 1-2A, Quincy Monroe at Trinity Christian. Uh, I think this is pretty much a formality. Trinity wins this game by as much as it wants to. Yeah, just like last week, you know, St. John Paul wasn't very good. Yeah. You know, they, they had a good record. They came out, had a decent first drive, and then – Finally, we get the Trey on Web show, man. Yeah, what a good. game was, from him. I mean, it was finally good to see him get going. And that's kind of what happens now that you're playing in your classification teams. He's a tough tackle. It's mm-hmm. hard to bring down. So, if he gets rolling, forget about it. So, And that's pretty much what happened. I think he had like 13 carries for 200-plus yards. Yeah, three, three touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns. It was, it was a no problem. Didn't even have to pass it a lot. So, I think it's a very similar game in this one. Even though Monroe does have two – Pretty good athletes. They got two pretty good players. Uh, they got a kid named Wyatt Sullivan who's like 6'5", 200 pounds. He just 
he looks like a monster on film. You're like, who is this number one, man? Lined up at defensive end. He plays receiver, kind of plays a little bit of linebacker. He's a really good player. And then they've got a four-star receiver, Amari Bolden, Amari Borden, who has, you know, like 10-plus offers from the big boys like Georgia and Florida State, Auburn, those guys. So they got some players, but overall team-wise, you know, you got to have a little more than just two guys. So I think Trinity does a little bit more of the same and just – pounds it on the ground yeah i'm surprised that university christian lost that, that, in that was game. That, i think that's the disappointing part that we talked about yeah you know, we were hyped up for that game and it just kind of didn't happen so for for uc um i mean monroe never won a playoff game before this season so uh for monroe to to stand there toe-to-toe and you know uc i've seen you seen these games before against an overmatched team it's close for a half maybe three quarters and uc gets there in that fourth quarter yeah, asserts it. its dominance and it's um you know it's depth and rolls away at the end i've seen that before expected that to happen uc was up late in that game in the third quarter in that game um up 23 i believe 16 and then just all the way back, march back like uh, clockwork, and that's something that I'm not used to seeing from uh, happen to UC. So uh, disappointing season for uh, for UC to end of that second round to uh, Quincy Monroe um, and uh, deprived the area of a um, an all local regional final. But I'm with you. I, I think Monroe, while you know, it has a couple of players. I think Trinity having the depth, you know, Cam Miller, mm-hmm. Trayon Webb finally getting into that uh, into into flow. Um, Rogers, Highsmith, Colin Hurley. Uh, I just think that that Trinity's depth and having played a bigger schedule uh, is going to be the difference in this game. Definitely. And like now, the interesting part, like we just talked about in the previous uh, class, where where does the shakedown happen with that reseeding? You know, tr- Trinity actually has the lowest RPI for if you know some of those higher seeded teams win, they could possibly be the four seed. So yeah. now I'm just I'm literally just thinking about this now. They could possibly have to travel to Miami next week. Yep, and play a, a Champagnat. <laughs> who, who everybody would projected that would be yep. the state championship game because Champagnat's kind of run two way the last however many years. Them and UC are always in that game, so that'd be pretty interesting for Trinity to have to travel five hours yeah, down, or the, down to South Florida, or Baptist, it, it, yeah. or, or something. So um, it'd be interesting to see how it uh, shakes out. I don't know a ton about some of these other teams, OCP. Yeah. Um, John Carroll Catholic, First Baptist, Northside Christian. I'm not too uh, well versed with those. Yeah, uh, I think I think Orlando Christian Prep beats Zephyr Hills in that one. So I, I don't know about the other matchup, but I definitely like Champagnat, obviously. Yep. So that I don't know about the other matchup, like we said. So that'll it's all going to matter on who wins what, mm-hmm. and then it shakes out. You know, get your one through four. So yeah. So that I think Trinity Christian rolls in that one, and then uh, in in one A, we'll spend a few minutes on Union County. Um, and Bradford was the other team in uh, in Region 4 1A, and they did not yeah, make it out. They lost by Hokey. Um, so that was a, a tough loss for the Tornadoes. I thought they had some, a chance to move through that 1A bracket after spending so many years in 4A. But yeah. um, Union County this week, I think, um, that, you know, I, I, I'm split on this game. I think they can they can beat Chiefland. Um, they're on the road this week. So uh, can you beat a Chiefland in advance, but then you're staring at – one of those uh, the monsters uh, yeah, on the other side, yeah, a, a yeah. Baker, a Madison, a Bluntstown, Pahokee, Hawthorne. i um, kind of been the who's who of uh, 1A football for the last 15 years there. So um, Union County, a decent RPI, a chance to host like a Madison County next week uh, should it win. But I just think Union County too much at a disadvantage against those schools. I agree. I think they can get past possibly Chiefland, but those other guys are another animal. When you're talking about Madison, you know, Pahokee, Bluntstown, even Hawthorne this year has put a good – those guys, like, they got a tremendous quarterback on that team who transferred from uh, 
Fort White, mm-hmm. and he's a beast, man. I love Tyler. So Hawthorne's really good. Madison County's really good. Bohokie, all those teams. So yeah. I think I think Union County can get past Chiefland, and that'll be nice. You get in the Final Four, and hey, who knows? Like I say, it's playoff football. You know, you keep counting them out, and then you know, say hey, we can win this game. Yep. But, all right, let's. We're, we're crunch time here. We're gonna maybe not offer score predictions, but we got five teams left standing in the Florida playoff. Sponge, who do you think moves on? I'm going upset special, baby. Going with the Nice Panthers. Dream season continues. I love it. I'm going uh, Baker County, Bowles, Trinity, and uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Union County, man. Man, five for we're five. We're going five huh? for five, baby. Okay. I, I, know, I know you're about to pick four out of the five, so you've already, you already said you're picking Buholtz. So. Yep. So I, I can't be as uh, optimistic on there. I think Buholtz wins handily and won 7A. I think Baker County in a tight win over Wakulla. Bowles, I think, uh, walks South Walton. Trinity over Monroe, pretty big. And uh, coin flip on that Union County game, but I'll give the edge to uh, the Tigers from Lake Butler in that there one. So go. I'll go, I'll go. go four or five in go. that one. And uh, for our bonus coverage, how about Pierce County over Peach County in our uh, Georgia yeah. high school football region? So, you know, we'll we'll be back here next week to, to recap that. And I think we have four teams headed to the state semifinal. Sponge says five, a little bit more uh, of a uh, – uh, optimistic forecast for yeah, that's uh, our one seven eight team, but you know Thanksgiving week and it's exciting. A um, little bit of a transition of season, so we had our boys golf, the last of the fall sports other than football wrap up last week. The Ponte Vedra boys win their seventh state championship in golf. Unbelievable season for the Sharks, uh, breaking his tie with Tampa Plant and Nice for the most in state history. Great, just a great month. For the Ponte Vedra program as a whole, the girls cross-country team and girls swimming teams won a state championship. The volleyball team uh, reached the state championship match. Um, so a great, just a great effort all around for Ponte Vedra's athletic program. The boys, the latest team, a boys golf team, the latest ones to bring home a state championship. Danny Erickson, the low scorer for Ponte Vedra in that state tournament, 5 over 149 for a tie in fourth. Carson Brewer, a... Uh, Second-round low score of the day for him with a 72 in that final round. Um, so pretty solid for the Sharks there. Um, just a good season for, for Ponte Vedra as a whole. School's not been around that long. 2008 is when they opened up. So they already have seven state championships in boys golf. Pretty remarkable That's there. Nice. And girls basketball season underway now. Boys basketball season began on Monday of this week. How about Talia Scott? We mentioned her on the uh, Varsity podcast and newsletter a few weeks ago. She transferred to St. John's Country Day, and she has started her senior or her uh, junior season just dominant. Games of 55 and 43 points to start the season. You don't see that a lot in high school basketball, kids putting up that numbers. That shows you how electric Talia Scott is. Got to keep an eye on her. As basketball season gets going on, she is must-see action. So we've got a lot of basketball this week. The Insider Exposure Tournament at Bowls going on uh, through the week. And, uh, man, we can't believe it's already just about the end of football season. Football season could be over as of Friday night if things, yeah, no, uh, technically things could went be. the other way. It technically could be. I still think we're going to have a couple teams to talk about, though. I do. I think <laughs> we're going to have uh, five teams from Sponge, four teams from me to talk about next week. That's another edition of Varsity Podcast in the books. Remind us to uh, follow us on newsforjacks.com. Subscribe to the Varsity Newsletter as well. For Sponge Franklin, Justin Barney. Goodbye.